So today was Google Day. Google I.O. Day. You had it all when I came in. Yep. One thing I always get reminded every time is that Google I.O. is not really about hardware products. I mean, sometimes they talk a little bit about it, but it's more about, I mean, it's really a developer thing. It's a software event. And oftentimes it will be these uh, tech demos on features or uh, products or um, concepts, things that Google's working on. I mean, I think, I think I even heard Sundar say the word moonshot. It's like far off in the distance things. A lot of software too. You can't necessarily wrap your hands around. Programming. And quantum. a lot of it felt like me, it felt to me like recruitment as well. Like the quantum computer stuff, they're kind of like, okay, we're building uh -huh. interesting things over here. It felt like, hey, let me hit up Google and, and not me myself, but you know, if I knew anything about quantum computing, I might mm -hmm. feel compelled. Or if I just, you know, that would be one heck of an internship, I'll tell you what. Mm -hmm. if, they seem like they already have the thing built. Well, they're making they're 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 making some progression there. Yeah, you listen to them talk about the these problems they're having. We, then we stick it in a fridge. It's, yeah, it's just casually. This is one of the coldest places in the universe. Right. Oh, the universe! You just talk about the universe in here. Mm -hmm. When you get into that territory, and they're like, and then they had the one guy, the actor. He's like, so then you just wrap the Bob Ross painting around it, and you're like, and oh. and you can uh, protect your qubits. Yeah. From uh, disruption, interference. Yeah. I get it. And he was using Cheetos as a reference. Yeah, they try to make it easy for people to understand. It's complicated. Yeah, some. I mean, uh, Wired put out a decent video years ago. Mm -hmm. And maybe I talked about it on this show, but it was like explaining a complicated concept at, at multiple levels, starting with, I think it's like a five-year-old and then all the way up to a grad student. Yeah. What, how, what do they call it? Uh, quantum computing expert explains one concept in five levels. Yeah, it's like a, a, that was all the way back in 2018. I've been doing this for a bit. Well, I've been on YouTube for a bit. Oh, yeah. But anyway, it's uh, it's interesting because some of the some of the advancements that Google makes in quantum computing computing are disputed because they're very purpose built types of examples and. Anyway, you saw their roadmap for how they want to change that, how they want to uh, advance. And like I said, it sort of felt like a recruitment a little bit that they're inviting people who may want to help out. I mean, it is such a massive mm -hmm. undertaking. So, that, yeah, that was one thing that they talked about. Uh, a couple of things that caught me on the hardware front, or this was the main one that caught me on the hardware front, was uh, them announcing, Google announcing that, Wear OS would partner with Samsung. It'd be a Samsung partnership because, you know, Samsung has been all about this Tizen stuff. They've been building their own stuff. And as far as Apple Watch alternatives, Samsung has kind of been that player. And I believe they had they were using Wear at one point in their products. Hmm. So this is a big deal that they're going to partner up now. And they actually, Google said complimentary things about Samsung. Like, through this partnership, we're going to get better battery life. And Samsung's pretty cool. Samsung, we like Samsung. Sure, yeah. And so, again, you don't always have these giants in the space talking fondly of one another. But it appears across multiple moments in the, in the presentation that Samsung and Google are getting along right now. At least in wearables. 
I think I have another story. Oh. We'll wait and see as oh. the show progresses. I got a lot to cover today. I told you this before. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little pent up because we didn't shoot yesterday. And of course, we had the weekend. So I got stuff for people today. Sure. So that's the bottom line. Now, the other piece to add to the wearable front, you made the partnership with Samsung on a wearable device, uh, Wear OS. But then also, oh, remember this little acquisition we had, Fitbit? I don't know, it's a few billion dollars this way or that way between friends. Mm. Don't get too worried about it. And they're like, oh, we're going to put that to use now, too. So not only are we going to get the better battery life through our uh, uh, up to 30% better battery life, thriving developer community by working with Samsung. That's what they say. Unified platform. That's what they say. Yeah. And then you get the health and fitness stuff with Fitbit and the acquisition there. And then you have the other potential, which is what about a dedicated Fitbit wearable but it's just running Wear OS, but it has a Fitbit branding on it because they don't have that right now. And I don't know if you saw this, but I saw earlier today that the the price of the top-tier Fitbit device, the Sense, was discounted fairly heavily today on Amazon. Really? So I saw that news come out right before I.O. took off, and I was like, hmm, Fitbit got a new piece of hardware around the corner? It's possible as well. Mm. So there was a little bit of wearable talk here and a lot of collaborations now because, and the reason that's important is because here's Google who has their own wearable company in the form of Fitbit, yet they're still striking partnerships with other hardware makers like Samsung. So it goes to show you the difference of approach that exists for a company like Google compared to somebody like Apple. Mm. And as we, as we know, Apple's events are obviously generally much different than what Google put together, which is very developer-facing, very software-focused type of event. Anyway, I have more to say about Google I.O., but first, a word from today's sponsor, Babbel. For most of us, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't exactly a high point in our academic careers. What about you? You retain uh, any secondary language? Oh, why are you French? Got, no. You got none? Come on. I got some French going on. Yeah. I got a little bit of French. Okay. I feel like if all I got to do is just take a trip Maybe not I got the van. What I do, I head out there. Uh, you find me in Quebec City, it might happen. And then it's all going to come back to me. Mm-hmm. All those years, it's sitting in the subconscious. It's all going to flow. And I'm just going to be speaking wonderfully and fluently. Wow. You have zero confidence in me, Well, Anyway, if I wanted to, I would just hop over here to sharpen up. Sure. You see, because you start to get your priorities straight as you get a little bit older and you start to recognize the value of such a thing. You can speak these multiple languages and then travel, you know, traveling's opening back up. And we were speaking when we had Vin on the show, he went to Italy and he, 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 he should have brushed up before he went because then things didn't go according to plan. Yeah. Even the simple words like you toilet. Got to get an idea of it. Well, ba- well, this one over here, over 10 million subscriptions sold. So Babel's doing something right. The number one selling language learning app that's addictively fun and easy way to learn a new language. They make it fun. And they didn't even do that for you in school, Will. Mm-mm. Whether you'll be traveling abroad, connecting in a deeper way with, with family, or you just have some free time, Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you'll actually use in the real world. 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. So this is another one of those things you could do on the go. Mm-hmm. Take it with you. Uh, Babbel designs their courses with practical real-world conversations in mind, things you'll get to use in everyday life. Other language learning apps use AI, 
However, these lessons plan, these lesson plans that Babu does are created by a hundred language experts. Now, you know, when it comes to language, well, it's a lot of nuance to it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you'll see autogen AI based stuff. It's like, it didn't really capture because it might not be a direct translation. Yeah. So you kind of sometimes need that human input to say, no, 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 this is what that, this is what that saying really means. Mm -hmm. These type of moments. I've traveled enough to recognize some of these translations make you look like a goof. Yeah, you need the correct lingo. It's a lingo thing and it's a context thing and there's just, it's a different thing. So that's a big point for them as well. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babel, you can choose between 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. It's a real long list over there. So you can start your journey today with Babel. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use the promo code LEW. That's L-E-W. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code LEW, spelled L-E-W, for an extra three months free. That's Babbel Language for Life. Click the link in the description or head to Babbel.com and use code LEW for an extra three months. All right, so the other another cool demo they showed off, uh, similar to something Apple showed off in the past, this is an integration, Android integration, with your car allowing you to almost in a similar fashion to how you use the pay applications um, so google pay apple pay samsung pay for that matter it pops up like a card it looks like a credit card actually inside the app hmm. and they were demoing with bmw because bmw is going to be the first car to support it and what's funny is i i believe apple was demoing with bmw as well hmm. Well, BMW is on the forefront of like, unlock our cars any way you see fit. Uh -huh. And so the same thing goes for this. Now they also in Android 12, apparently are capable of not just using NFC, but also UWB, that's that ultra wideband. So that's gonna allow you to keep the phone in the pocket mm -hmm. completely and just walk straight into the car, which is the dream come true, yes. obviously. No key fob. I don't know, you feel confident to leave the key fob, but no key fob, just your phone. Uh, UWB and you just approach your BMW. You see how this goes well? Um, do you can you start your car with this or no? I guess yeah, not. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. You, it, it'll let you unlock. I'm trying to you're trying to keep your key at home. You just need your phone. Oh, okay. Just like you leave your wallet at home. That's well, that's a, that's a seller. That's, that's the beauty great. of it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, unlock lock, start the vehicle from your phone. It takes on the appearance of Google Pay credit debit card with a hold to reader prompt and options like requiring an unlock to use the key, which of course I think you might want such a thing, requiring an unlock could be important. Um, so having the dual approach, it means that uh, a, a wider variety of devices will be supported by mm -hmm. uh, utilizing either NFC or UWB. So it's gonna be BMW, just BMW was the first company to kind of announce or uh, interact with this, but it's obviously gonna be far more partners in the future. Uh, on this show, we talked about how Ford was making that big deal to, to run Android natively in all their vehicles. And we see other uh, Android automotive native in-dash units. You would assume that those would also be likely to adopt and integrate this feature because they already have relationships with Google. So we'll have to wait and see this thing roll out to a wider variety of vehicles. But that kind of, kind of puts them on the same playing field as Apple as far as this is concerned. I can't. I mean, that's that's fun. Who doesn't want that? No, just imagine like a list of keys here, here like digital keys. Yeah, why not? Just like uh, why not? cards. Why not? Just make it easier for the hackers, Will. Come take your <laughs> well, car. I wouldn't say that. But. <laughs> I'm just yeah. joking. 
Uh, come on. Yeah. Now, then another one that caught my attention here, Google's Project Starline. Now, this is more of a moonshot type scenario, and there were a couple of these, but this one caught my attention because, you know, I always complain about video conferencing. I'm always telling you, man, you got this low latency gamers have all these people connected and they're and you're talking precision gunshots across God knows where and they don't miss a frame. And yeah. then I hop on the video conferencing apps like what? What? You say that again. <laughs> Are you beatboxing right now? That's what it's. <laughs> that's what happens sometimes. And you're like, yeah. wait, man, my bandwidth is sick. I upload a video in two seconds. I stream a video in two seconds. I online game. I got. Uh, I got the ping. I'm. I got the ping I need. What's mm-hmm. the matter with this? And for whatever reason, it's just been. It, I guess I don't know what the complexities are and the challenges for a company like Zoom or Skype or whatever. Whatever it is we're ha- we happen to be talking about, but it would just be so nice to have a more fluid organic like even for a show like this if i could bring in a guest and have a a truly lifelike experience of interacting with that person Mm -hmm. you might call that a game changer right there i would say so but it hasn't it doesn't exist as of now i'm not happy with any of it well at least you get to see a 3d model well and here's the thing it requires a special display for the time being but anyway this project starline is more of a concept for the time being, Google did say we'll have more to say on it later in the year, but it's super vague about it as, as is usual. But this will be, it will create a 3D model of an individual, right? But it will be the individual as opposed to something CG where it feels very strange. Mm. And then it will use a specialized, and it has, it'll be very high resolution as well. And it will create this 3D version of the individual. Now, the display that it will be viewed through is a light field display, which is able to produce different visual information depending on the angle you are viewing the display from. Mm. So if you move from side to side, all of a sudden you're, you're going to, I'm going to, if I go, I see the side of Willie do, if I go over there, I go this way, I see the other side, you see? Mm. Very, you're very realistic right now. Y- yeah. As I should be. Because you're u- utilizing the light field technology at the moment. Mm-hmm. No, he's actually here, ladies and gentlemen. But who knows? Maybe he wants to be, uh, maybe he maybe he needs to find himself on, back in Iceland. You were just talking. You're going back to Iceland. I don't know when you're going to go, but maybe you're going to come into the show from Iceland on a light field display with the 3D model. Yeah, sure. And set it a fireplace. You got the, what do you got? Like the hot springs or maybe you got the... The uh, molten rock that is hardened. It's exploding behind me. Well, that could be, that would be cool as well. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he, the, yeah, this is cool technology, I would say. Yeah, and it's not unprecedented. There's been that kind of like hologram tech that we saw. Like uh, P. Diddy was couldn't be at his son's birthday party. And then he had this, and it's very boutique at the moment. Sure, it costs yeah. a ton of money. And it's not easy to roll it out for the masses because if you think about it well if you have a high quality image being streamed and it's a 3d model of such a thing and then you start questioning bandwidth don't you you can't help it you start saying oh well this bandwidth thing Uh so it's going to be a unique it's going to be a difficult challenge but Mm -hmm. google's at least playing around with it attempting to improve it and if you go watch the video you're going to see like damn that's a 
pretty wild to see how realistic it actually looks. Now, uh -huh. it's hard for them to even show it on camera, but these people, it's so organic, the conversation they're having, having here. And it's, it's increasingly important because you had the whole, we just spent, it feel like we've been in this thing for a decade where you're not seeing people, uh -huh. whatever this thing is, shelter in place or whatever. I mean, I know we're on the tail end of it, but things like that happen in technology companies like them. They sit there and they say, okay, what made that especially hard? Well, how about not having a reliable way? Like my kids had to go into Zoom with the school stuff and they're, they're dying half the time. They, oh, can be uh -huh. rough because it's just lacking a little bit of electricity. Yeah, there's not enough texture. Yeah, just a little it's bit a of texture. human nuance is not in there. It's a little bit flat, isn't it? Mm. A little bit flattened right out. So I can't wait for that real... And, and you know what I'll deal with right now? Don't even give me the 3D. Just give me super low latency. Yeah. Because you even see between you and I, it's like, there's a second you got to jump. You go, I, wherever it is, you go now. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah jokes are very hard. On Zoom. Tiny <laughs> bit of latency. It's like we need, a, we need to make jokes. Communication and conversation and latency takes away precision in the same way that would happen within a video game. Sure, yeah. You're just blunted. You're, you're walking around. If you're glitching and lagging, forget about making that precision play. Well, you better forget about having that precision convo. You better forget about having that flow to it, that high-level version of it. Yeah. No lag plus this. Let's that's go. the future. Let's go. Let's do it. All right, here's one that really got some people aggravated. Apple's AirPods Max, super high-quality, high-end set of headphones from Apple, which at the time, it was already kind of controversial just because of the price point. Uh, like what are they, 550 bucks? But anyway, recently Apple announced that they were going to introduce lossless audio to Apple Music. And so people cheered. They said, oh, uh, you're dead, title, or whatever they said. I don't know what people said. Lossless audio is this really, it's a controversial topic in and of itself because people dispute whether it's a necessary thing or not. I don't even want to get into the conversation personally, but the point being is these are Bluetooth first headphones. So they're, they're wireless first. Now you're not going to get lossless over wireless, period. But what's pissing people off a little bit here is that these aren't going to support any any version of lossless even with the wire because of the way the conversion takes place on the wire from analog into analog i should say and so you got the comment section here in the mac rumors post people are aggravated saying i just spent 550 on apple's super duper high quality pair of headphones and i can't use this really uh, well, a feature that they're choosing to market now. Yeah. I got to go. Necessary hardware for it, right? They would have to go out and get a different, a third party set of headphones mm -hmm. in order to experience this feature. But they bought the best that Apple has to offer in that, in that department. Now, I don't know if it was always according to plan or if Apple didn't have plans when they were working on the AirPods Max to then go lossless. Will there be another version that's capable of such a thing? But either way, you can see this profanity in the comment section here. Are you effing kidding me? 
uh, my $600 headphones don't support even being wired. They just freaking release them. So he went from effing with the with the stars to back to freaking. Because I guess that the post would have been deleted in the comment sure, section. Yeah. Or anything. So he toned he, it down a bit. Who on God's earth are they bringing lossless to Apple Music for? For all the people that don't buy their products? Anyway, you can see people are, it turned into a controversial topic. Kind of like, I mean, everything that Apple does. Now, on the bright side, they do support spatial audio. <laughs> sure. But we I already mean, knew that. Good. We already knew that. Yeah. That's a fun one. There is an argument that many, many people can't hear the difference as far as lossless is concerned. I've done some of the tests myself. Sometimes I can tell, uh, depending on the environment, sometimes I can't. Uh, it's really hit and miss with the individual. We're talking about a, a subtle difference in most listening chains. Now, there's some people that have all types of special gear and that's a, a unique listening circumstance. I understand why people would just want to have it to say they have it too because they spend so much money on the headphones. But anyway, that's where it sits right now. Mm. It's been confirmed apparently that AirPods Max will not be supporting lossless audio even if you use the adapter wire. Now we have, I mean, we're in the audio segment section of the show apparently because I've been meaning to talk about this. This is a really wild speaker design from a, a former Apple designer. It is not cheap, 1800 bucks to start. It's called the Cell Alpha Speaker. Super futuristic looking thing. Kind of looks like a lamp, actually, now that I look at it again on the shelf there. Uh, there it has some, some technology they're calling trip triphonic. I had never seen the word before. Triphonic, the world's first triphonic speaker. Essentially what this means is their design here aims to give a surround-like experience, creating different spots for sound to feel like it's coming from, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And somehow this design is capable of achieving such a thing. Now, they go a step further because they'll also sell you more than one. They'll They'll sell you three of them for the ultimate version of it. Is it to cover the room? That's right. Yeah. The whole deal. They're making big claims about the spatial audio capabilities of Cell Alpha. Styling it as the world's first triphonic speaker, it offers spatial audio capabilities beyond the stereo audio that's long been the traditional standard. Um, yeah, if you want to get crazy with it, you can do a $5,397 setup, which will give you a pair you can pair three cell alpha speakers together in a single room to get the fullest expression of triphonic audio. They'll work with AirPlay 2, Spotify Connect over Wi-Fi. There's also going to be USB-C port and eventually an adapter cable so that you'll be able to connect it to your TV over HDMI so that whatever you've got coming out of the, whatever you're watching on the TV can utilize this particular unit. Now, I don't know. I haven't heard it, but... They got some funding. I think they got $15 million in funding, something around there. Obviously, you have ex-Apple people. Apple has sold products in the past, so that's got that's going to mean something. And they're up to about 50 employees, so they, you know, they appear to be going for it. Oh, and it has a transparent design. You can see yeah. all the insides. It's like a glass bubble. So, I mean, it's not a huge market at this price point. They sort of... Uh, art piece speaker yeah. type of thing but i'm a sucker for it 
Just when you think that speaker designs are done, yeah. and you get something like this, that's quite refreshing. It's cool. Yeah, it's definitely cool to look at. We yeah. still got to hear it, but it's, at this point, we can say it's cool to look at just from the pictures. How about this? Company you did not expect to bring the first one-inch camera to a smartphone. You didn't expect to see it here. Now, when we say one-inch, we're talking about something that has shown up in point-and-shoot cameras in the past. Uh, what comes to mind for me is Sony's part of the lineup. The What do they even call those little guys? RX. Yeah. Yeah. Point-and-shoot. And, and a point-and-shoot camera with a zoom lens previously, but those have been... I shot many videos on those back in the day. I used to carry one of those around. And... They would they would talk about the one inch sensor in that camera like it was an achievement, and that thing was way bulkier than a smartphone, which goes to show you the significance of a one inch sensor. Mm. Now it's important to note the performance of a camera is not all about the sensor, but typically as you go up the food chain for cameras, you're you're getting bigger sensors to go with it. Uh, now, how much that matters for people who are sharing shooting and sharing content via mobile i don't know but it is an approach that i felt like would happen at some point and here we see it happening the scaling not not like they've taken a different approach in the sense that they're not trying to put 17 cameras on the back but instead they're like let's just let's do one but with some feature in it that we haven't seen before in this particular market so anyway it's a it's a huge singular camera unit and it's in collaboration with Leica, once again, we're seeing their name pop up on more and more smartphones lately. It's also going to feature a 240 hertz IGZO OLED display. 240 hertz, that's no joke. It's a 20 megapixel one-inch primary camera sensor. So they're doing it before Sony, even though Sony had it in a point of use. There's a rumor Sony will do something like this as well, eventually. Uh, Samsung offers a 1 over 1.12 inch sensor in the form of its 50 megapixel ISOCELL GN2, but nobody has broken this one inch barrier and now it's Sharp that's done it. Did I even say it was Sharp yet? I don't think so. For those listening, I apologize. Willie Do's showing the pictures. It's the Sharp Aquos R6. Uh, targeted presumably at the Japanese market. Hopefully it makes its way out because it's actually got a pretty impressive spec sheet the rest of the way. You're talking about 240 hertz, as I mentioned, 6.6-inch display, WUXGA plus resolution, 2,000 nits of max brightness, which Sharp claims is the highest peak brightness of a mobile display to date. So you know I want to burn the retinas with that one as well. Sear them like a steak if I have to. Oh, good. Don't do that to your retinas. Uh, it's got Qualcomm's 3D Sonic Max ultrasonic fingerprint sensor. 12.6 megapixel selfie camera in a little cutout. Micro SD expansion, 12 gigs of RAM, Snapdragon 888, and 128 of internal storage. Wi-Fi 6 is in there as well. 3.5 mil headphone jack. So, like, it's... What are you talking about? You're talking about flagship level type stuff and yeah. a couple of firsts. So, if Sharp wants to get in touch, I'll definitely take a look. Because I think it's going to be tough to get it out of Japan unless they want to let us look at it. Right. So we'll have to wait and see. But I don't even know the last time I looked at a Sharp phone. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a total other end of the spectrum. 
this company, you, you may recall, we looked at some of their devices in the past, they're called Unihertz, and they do these kind of unusual phones. It could be like a tiny phone, it could be a really rugged phone. In this case, it is a BlackBerry style clone, and they've done this in the past, and they have updated their design for those that still reminisce and those that still miss their BlackBerry devices. You must have had a BlackBerry one time in your life, I would get. No. I've never owned a BlackBerry. You skipped over the whole I would, thing. Uh, I would have loved to. It was great. Yeah. You were just intimidated the, at the time, like the price point or what was doing it for you? Uh, yeah. I think it was the price point. Yeah. I remember. Well, I re when Black when Blackberries were sort of early days, some of those first smartphone things, even having a data plan was intimidating because yeah. you're like, oh, this doubles my monthly cost right here just to have all this data to slowly browse the web over, I guess, even pre-3G. Anyway, I had a few of them over the years, and BBM was like the original yes. iMessage in the sense that it was the first, like, oh, let me get your BBM. Oh, you're not, not oh, never mind. It's fine. Yeah, you were locked in. Your PIN. Mm -hmm. Man, I remember these days. Anyway, so some people miss the existence of such a thing, and Unihertz is here to solve your problem by giving you a QWERTY keyboard. Mm. Uh, on a modern device, it's and and doing so on a on a budget, by the way, one hundred and seventy nine dollars starting oh, price okay. for this. So it's not going to break the bank. Certainly, now it's not going to have flagship specs either. It's a tiny little pocket sized device with uh, some of the features that were showing up on modern, the more modern Blackberries, like the touchpad underneath the the keyboard. So you can scroll without touching the actual screen where right. your thumb lives more naturally. Uh, all the shortcut keys and things that you would map to different keys on the keyboard. Some people are pretty proficient with a with a uh, physical keyboard. You can see over here. Uh, and then they also built in a rugged design, so you can like throw this thing, drop this thing. They drop it in the in the video. So like a lot of their other products, they're going to Kickstarter first. They had a fifty thousand dollar goal, but they always beat these goals. They set the goal very low to begin with. I believe they've already beat it at this particular point. Uh, as far as the uh, the chip inside, it's an octa-core MediaTek Helio P70 and six gigs of RAM. So nothing major going on there. 16 megapixel single rear-facing camera, 4,000 milliamp hour battery, which should last pretty long considering the display is smaller given the keyboard style design. But hmm. I thought it was interesting if anybody's just uh, yearning for the old days, for the the feel of a mushy okay. little keyboard. Yeah, typing experience. Yeah. Uh, rumor is Twitter to be launching a paid service, $2.99. That's the report at the moment. Could be called Twitter Blue and could include special features for the site, including the ability to undo tweets and create collection. And you, that got a reaction from you right away. I feel like that's the main thing. Right? Yeah. Just undo. Does it That's bother you, you that they're that they're dangling that as a paid feature because you yeah, think it should just offensive. be there? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, they'll take some heat for it, but I think a lot of people will pay for it too because uh -huh. it essentially acts like the thing that everybody's been acting asking for, which is the edit button. Yes. Because in that moment, you're going to do the proofread that you should have done in the first place, but you didn't do because everybody has seen the tweet that goes out, mm -hmm. end up deleting it and. Anyway, Gmail has this feature. I use it uh, fairly frequently, the undo, yep. undo send. And so it makes sense 
But it is interesting that they're that the talk now is to hide it behind a two dollar ninety nine cents uh, premium type of model. Now there's some other stuff they may integrate with this, including a premium feature to remove ads. This is a rumor at the moment, but kind of how YouTube premium works, where a, a percentage of the monthly fee would go to the creators you follow mm. type of thing in, in exchange for you having to see ads. And the reason this is also part of the rumor is because uh, last week, Twitter announced it acquired a subscription, the subscription platform for users who don't want to read content with ads, but still support the publishers they read, allowing the publishers to bring in more revenue than they would even be getting with traditional ads. Mm. So like a more one-to-one -one payment structure. They, I guess they, did they acquire the company? Yeah, it acquired the subscription platform called Scroll. So anyway, there's all kinds of other things that might pop up in here beyond just an undo. But you know an undo is kind of that marketable sure. type of uh, feature. But it might make people upset like it just did for you. I don't really know. Um, also, next week, Twitter is said to relaunch its verification program, which they have had on pause for a while, figuring out how they wanted to proceed with it. So you may see some more blue check marks showing up as well. Cool. Maybe those blue check marks will somehow be tied to the premium service huh. for the monetization. I don't know. I'm just right. talking. I'm just talking right now. I'm just speculating. Sometimes you got to speculate, Will. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of speculating, I think this is our only crypto story of the day which is kind of surprising because there's been crypto madness going on lately. Uh, apparently, Sony published a patent for Bitcoin-enabled gambling on its platform. This is one of the, this is a wild, this is, a, <laughs> this is not what you expected to read. It's just a patent filing, and it's actually from back in 2019, but the crypto madness has popped off, and now all of a sudden, things like this are coming up. Yeah. Apparently, the way they saw it breaking down was that you would be watching some esports event and have the ability to bet on the results of the event. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't necessarily just be crypto, but crypto could be a component in it. Also, it could be in-game assets and things like this. It could be some sort of digital currency, but they just included Bitcoin in the patent filing. But I don't, I don't know. It's kind of hard with this because gambling in general and then all the young people that are using the platform, you just... You see a few different directions, a few ways that it could go terribly wrong. Mm -hmm. But it sounded like fun to me because if you've ever gambled on sports, I know it's a sensitive subject, but it can, if you can do so responsibly, it can really enhance the experience. I don't yes. know if you've ever bet on uh, bet on sports yeah, before, yeah. and but it, yeah, it comes down to the individual. Some people, it's a, it's a real uh, sensitive subject because it, it it can be very addictive. For sure, yeah. Gambling. I don't know if you do that well. No. It can be quite addictive. So uh, it's unclear when this patent filing could lead to this, but uh, it could be a live platform that allows users to wage on esports using Bitcoin. Imagine that. I'd be, wouldn't that be some news? Elon's like, I'm out of Bitcoin. Sony's like, yeah, you can use Bitcoin <laughs> on, on your PlayStation for betting. <laughs> Other side of the spectrum. It's all just rumors. It's, it's just a patent. Um, but speaking of betting, how about teenagers now being able to trade stocks on Fidelity's new youth investing accounts? Hmm. Fidelity said Tuesday it is launching the Fidelity Youth Account and investing in savings account for 13 to 17-year-olds. Hmm. 
The accounts will only be... Oh, you have a, you have a take. Okay. The, the accounts will only be available to teenagers with a parent who also has a Fidelity account. So I guess that's who's kind of like, kind of watching over. Sure. It will allow teenagers to buy and sell stocks, ETFs, and Fidelity mutual funds. Hmm. You have a take here, Will. <laughs> okay, here, can I just say, I, they, yeah. it feels like the McDonald's Happy Meal. They get you involved. They get you into the restaurant early in your life. So it will forever be a part of your routine. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, Lay the foundation. Building habits. Social media does the same thing, right? Get you use YouTube kids. Uh, Facebook was like, we're thinking of Instagram kids. Like, well, yeah, yeah, you want to, if the kid becomes committed, I'm not going to say addicted, but committed to the platform. That could, that could turn into a long-term customer. In fact, they say when the teenager turns 18, it will immediately transition into a regular Fidelity mm. trading account. But I'm going to go to flip side now because okay. I see your skeptical looks. You're saying, what about the youth? Take care of the youth. They're all getting strung out on this stuff. What if the opposite happens? What if they become it becomes a part of their... Uh, they become aware of it and sophisticated in it to the point where they're actually better able to manage it when it comes later in life. You know what? This is like the argument when you're talking about alcohol. And if I, if you and I went to Italy, you see some kid at the dinner table. He's 12 years old. He has a sip of wine. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah, just a little taster. And then he hits a certain age and it's like, it's always been, it's always been there. Like I'm, I'm cool. I'm okay with it. Mm hmm. I'm not making an argument either direction. I'm just saying there's different ways that there's different, uh, there's a different way of thinking about this subject that sure. in some ways, early exposure can be catastrophic. In other ways, early exposure could prepare a person to be better set to deal with things that exist in the world when they get to that different age, instead of having it all come to them at once Yes. at the age of 18 or 21 is the drinking age uh -huh. in the U.S. Well, yeah, I mean, like you said, about exposure i'm curious about how this fidelity uh app is it an app yeah 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 it's an account actually but they do have an app i'm just wondering how it would look like and sound like because you know <laughs> -ching! It, can, it can be easily like gamified right uh, absolutely with like war zone sound effects or something you know dude they're all they already are gamified the robin hood stuff yeah there's like which makes it so like intriguing and fun like a congrats casino, yeah, 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 right? yeah, 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 yeah 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 so i think the the ux they need to kind of figure that out i'm curious but the thing is youtube does it fortnite does sure, it yeah. everybody wants your attention will yeah everybody cash your checks and, yeah, and the, no problem i guess the second thing would be uh the 13 70 17 year olds um how much money are they do they have <laughs> yeah i remember i was like 15 i didn't have a lot yeah i think it would be a type of thing where maybe the parent would bankroll the like a little bit and say sure yeah like you, here's a thousand bucks do what you see where you end up see yeah. where you end up and maybe even the parent hoping they lose it all so they can say see yeah you see take it easy uh get rich quick situation over here you learn the lesson early mm -hmm. as opposed to late when you're playing with bigger numbers or something like this uh yeah, or maybe a grandparent or 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 maybe or maybe uh, man, there are I know this sounds crazy, Will, and uh, it wasn't you or I, but there are 13, 14, 
15 year olds who would get a job at the fast food or whatever and they would save the money mm -hmm. it does happen mm -hmm. save for their own future it has happened in the history of time yeah i i think this is a good idea mm. i think so mm. because in school did you remember anything about learning stocks God, or no. anything like that no or the God, market no. oh yeah okay we did some mock did you stock trading yeah we did oh, okay. It, but it wasn't as dynamic as what we have nowadays. Even for adults, it's a different thing than it's ever been. For sure, With yeah. the scrolling and the swiping and the addictive nature of uh -huh. just the, the, the thing. You got to have some self-control. Where are you at with it? Are you still scrolling and swiping or? No, I'm, I'm, out, of, You're I'm out. out of it. Yeah. You're out. See what I'm saying? It's, I play the long game now. See what I'm I saying? Can't. It can be, it can. It's too much. It can affect your it can affect your well being it can affect your mood it can affect your focus it uh, is a really powerful mm -hmm. powerful thing and so um, yeah I wish the I wish kids the best and and who knows I'm hoping on the bright side of it that early exposure can act as a some training on what to do and not to do but I'm equal there's an equal amount of concern for the addictive nature of such a thing. I agree. Um, how about this for a simpler one? Grand Theft Auto V is coming to the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S on November 11th. This is, just get addicted to this instead. Forget about all those investments, all right? Uh. Scrolling, swiping. Who needs it? You can do anything in this world. What an opportunity, though, for Grand Theft Auto. Because you had the whole fiasco that was cyberpunk, and now you get to come in like you've been doing it you know like you like you run the place say gta over here we know what to do and you get to come to the next gen a little bit later with a bunch of enhancements and get nothing get showered with nothing but love mm -hmm. which seems to be the case at this point yeah this game aged so well <laughs> it's still getting so. talked about i see it in my suggestions all the time uh-huh it still is the standard yeah, Rockstar made a game afterwards, uh, Red Dead uh, 2, and then this <laughs> this still beats it. There right? you go. So. so people are trying to figure out exactly what's going to happen with the next-gen version. Uh, apparently, GTA Online players are going to get some perks ahead of the launch. The launch, I don't know if I said it, November 11th. So that's not immediate, but uh, it's going to launch on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, and S, but it appears there's some sort of special PlayStation integration because the standalone version of GTA Online will be free exclusively to PS5 owners during the first three months. Mm. I don't know what type of deal was cut. Um, but, however, as far as the experience is concerned in-game, you will get an expanded and enhanced experience on either platform. So expanded, to me, says an actual expansion of the game itself, the world. And then uh, enhancement, I'm thinking, obviously, graphically, and I'm thinking frame rate as well, mm. seeing an improvement from the previous version. Apparently, PlayStation 4 players are already getting $1 million in virtual currency at the start of each month right now until the game's PS5 debut, so they're trying to build hype for it, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's crazy how long it's been around. When did this game come out, Well. Anyway, I mean, it's, it's still an anticipated title for next-gen consoles, 
and it came out September 17, 2013. Get out of get out of town. <laughs> Holy cow. Are you kidding me? Is that actually when it came out? Oh yeah. And you and I played it in, yep. on a King Street location, super yeah. old studio, and we made a video about it. And we sat on a couch and we played it on release date. Yeah, we we like are old men. we're so old. Uh-huh. You don't realize it, man. We've been doing this thing. Holy cow, 2013. Sheesh. Uh Tesla Model S Plaid. Plaid Plus, possibly. They don't really know. This is some raw footage of the Laguna Seca racetrack, raceway. And it appears that whatever Tesla was testing out there may have just busted the record for a production electric vehicle for lap time around. This is one of those kind of stand, t- standard test tracks. They are always as used as a reference point for how quick a car, or how fast a car happens to be. The time that it was said to have clocked, 129.9, beats Tesla's previous lap time, which was 130.3. So it's not anything super crazy for a single single lap, but it is better, so it is significant. By comparison, the McLaren Senna holds the current production car lap record at 127.6. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen the McLaren Senna, but it is a very purpose-built, I mean, it's a race car. So it remains impressive that these numbers can come from a four-door sedan, electric vehicle, that they can that they can be even close. But people are eagerly anticipating their new Model S Plaid or Plaid Plus. And I don't know if you actually saw the clip, I guess it was over the weekend, there was a UFC fight between uh, Dariush and who did he fight? Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson, right. And he won. And in his post-fight comments, he took a shot at Elon. <laughs> well, it's like I the fun. It's a funny, know? gentle shot. It's sure, not a yeah. real shot, but listen, the guy bought the car in December. When did I buy the car? I don't know, ten years ago. No, but it was around the same time. Wouldn't it have been? Or was it a little after that? Uh, what did he buy? Did he buy a Model X? Anyway, point being is, him and his wife, it, it, I think that they're the, the type that really needs this car. Like, they they really need to get a new car. And, um, like, I, I, people are like, what do you mean by that? Of course, if you buy a car, you need to get the car. Uh, what I'm saying is, I think some people put in orders to Tesla uh, realizing that it, it could be delayed. That was me. I'm like, I don't know when it's going to. I got an order on this Cybertruck. I don't know when it's going to. Yeah. But then other people that may not follow as closely, they might think it's like ordering a car from Honda or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like you're going to get it on the date. Uh, it's a little different with Tesla. Actually, but to be fair, right now there are delays, chip shortages on mm-hmm. a lot of major automakers. That's important to note. But anyway, so he, in a post-fight, called out Elon Musk. He used the opportunity. And Elon replied. On Twitter, he said, coming soon. Sorry for the delay. And then he got a heart back from Benil Dariush. So mm-hmm. kind of an unexpected dialogue between uh, Elon and a UFC fighter. Yeah. But I found it to be kind of fun. If anyone earned a Tesla, 
like early, it would be the <laughs> great Put, fight. Expedite, expedite, exp yeah, expedite his yeah. Um, or mine, whatever. <laughs> Lamborghini is going to get in on the electric vehicle craze. You may not have expected such a thing. Some companies have been somewhat resistant. You know, Ferrari didn't was didn't really want to do it. And, and the other thing is with these with a Lamborghini, you want to hear it from like a mile away, like. Mm -hmm. That's half the thing, but it was only a matter of time. Lamborghini is going electric with the new GT. Prior to going electric, what they're going to do is transition to hybrid setups. Apparently by 2024, the current lineup of the Huracan, Aventador, and Urus will feature hybrid powertrains that will reduce the company's CO2 output by 50%. So there'll be 50% more environmentally sound than the current models and presumably they'll still have some some noise to them some gurgle some low end some burps <laughs> maybe even some burps and then eventually they're going to get real crazy and put out this two plus two gt coupe model which will be a four-seater and that baby's going to be electric nice i have to look into that Especially with four seats. That's oh. cool. The four-seater supercar is kind of cool. Lamborghini expects to sell quite a few of these, but not as many as the selling of the uh, Urus because everybody's buying SUVs, even when it comes to supercars. What struck me in this article as well is how few units Lamborghini actually sells. Hmm. In 2020, they, they sold 7,430 cars worldwide. Oh, and 4,391 of those were Urus SUVs. So that, that only leaves you with 3,000 real Lamborghinis. It's a relatively small number. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, Will, that, that they were acquired a while back by VW. And VW is transitioning rapidly themselves into the electric realm. So it only makes sense you do the same over here. So sure. I'm mostly curious about that 2x2 two two GT Coupe. But that's not going to be till even later. So... Mm -hmm. We got to wait a little while. Speaking of electric vehicles, you know this one, the company Canoe, they got this bus looking thing. If you follow Jay Leno's channel on YouTube, you would have seen he went there on an episode of Jay Leno's Garage to visit the company based out in California. And at the time, they had a slightly different approach. They were talking about um, shared, what were they talking or subscription based model for ownership and then the whole leadership changed over. Some people left the company. It was like, what's going to happen to Canoe? They got a kind of a fun thing going on. They got a cool, futuristic-looking vehicle over here. Well, they say it's all happening. They say it's still happening, and it, they're kicking it off with the uh, lifestyle vehicle is what they're calling it, so not the truck. And the lifestyle vehicle, you can put a $100 deposit on it right now, and it will start at $35,000. They claim it will be available in 2022. And it's kind of picking up on the whole, like, off-road van look to it. Mm -hmm. As you can tell, you see the slightly bigger tires over there. There's a roof rack on it. It's obviously electric. They have a, this unique layout on the inside for seating where they have two front captain seats and then this really different bench that goes around the whole exterior of it. I'm sure you can configure this in a few different ways. But the model will come in four trims, including base, premium, adventure, and lifestyle. 
The Adventure variant, which is this top trim, come with more ground clearance and a beefier profile. There's no price on that model yet, though it looks like they can go up to 50 grand. Of course, we're talking about USD. Uh, supposedly, it's going to have 300 horsepower, 332 pound-feet of torque, and a 250-mile range. So it's not really crushing any numbers like that, but look at the price point. Yeah. And we know we've been talking about the van. The van's coming back. Well, how about this for an option over here? Canoe. What do you think? Are they actually going to make it? They're taking 100 bucks. Are they going to make it to delivery or what? I don't mind it. It looks friendly. Okay, here we go. Um, yeah, I would take this go uh, camping or something. Would you why do not? it? You would do something like that? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> all right, what do you do, ladies and gentlemen? Sure, let's do it. All you got to do is put 100 bucks. Well, that's it. The next one is more likely for myself only because I've had trucks for a while. This is uh, our first glimpse at the new F-150 Lightning from Ford. I was a little disappointed with the look that we got here because it's really one angle. And you were like, no, nah, it was behind Biden. It was a thing that happened. And I was like, oh, cool, show me. And then you're like, that's all. I yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I want to see more of it. But anyway, I have not I have a F-150 right now. I have the old model of the truck on the right, the Raptor. And I, I would love to upgrade, actually, to the new one of that. But if it were electric and even faster that might be even cooler if they could do such a thing they're gonna do this lightning model first now if you don't follow ford trucks at all they had a product by the name of lightning once upon a time it's like a street truck a fast truck with a with a performance tilt to it as opposed to an off-road tilt to it and that looks kind of like what they're showing off here today in the form of their first electric truck it has this light bar along the front and a slightly different shape to it, but ultimately it looks like the new F-150. Mm. Just futurized ever so slightly. It's going to be the first. Now, you know, the F-150 will. Very, very big selling vehicle. Huge selling vehicle. You look at the numbers at any given time, could be number one. Could be number one in the United States for vehicles sold. So, like, very important vehicle for Ford. Very important vehicle for the automotive sector in general. And once it goes electric, well... You see where that goes. You get a lot more vehicles converted to electric more quickly. Uh -huh. But they're going to still make the uh, gas version, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah the gas model is still going to be out there and presumably quite a bit cheaper. Oh. I'm sure this Lightning is going to cost a few dollars. That's not real. That's cool. that's a concept. That's not real. You can't put in a convertible oh. <laughs> truck. Well, you can't do such a thing. It's not allowed. Yeah. Maybe you could. I don't know. Uh, how about this? The F-150 Lightning will be able to power your home during an outage. Nice big battery in there. Hook it up. You got nice. like that. And it's quicker than the original F-150 Lightning performance truck, so I'm not surprised by that either. It'll have over-the-air updates. Anyway, they're talking a big game. Ford's going electric. They got it. Look at the American flag behind. They have Biden this, over there. Yeah, this is the most uh, American image here. <laughs> you got trucks and the flag. Yeah. That'd be an easy cool. buy for me. Honestly, if right now they're like, okay, here's the Lightning, I'll take my Raptor and trade it. Actually, uh, if they gave me just a new Raptor, I'd take it and trade it right away. That's easy for me right there. Really? It's just comfortable. Like, I know about it. I feel like I'm going to have one for a while. I don't know where this Cybertruck is. Mm. Um, I will look at the Rivian, too, but where are they? It's, it's Everything seems so far away. It seems like with these guys, at least it happens. When they say it's going to happen, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I just had Ford trucks in the past, but mm. I still got that Cybertruck order. Don't worry. Yeah. We'll see what happens with that. Amazon is said to make a $9 billion offer for MGM. 
How about this? The content war is heating up. Amazon wants you on that Prime video stuff. I know you've been on it. You were telling me, I got to watch this show. I'm watching this show. Jeff Bezos told me to watch this show. I'm watching yeah. this show. It's got Jeff Bezos in it. Yeah. That's definitely uh, not what happened. But what was the show you're watching? In Invincible or something? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I didn't watch it. Don't look at me like I know anything. I don't know anything. It was uh, written by Robert Kirkman. So you love you love this thing? Eh, it's all right. <laughs> you know what? I, what I have been watching, actually. Uh, wait, 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 wait. You put the rave review in people's <laughs> heads the other day. Now you bailed out. Well, it's got to keep going. I uh, the first season, it just felt so short. Uh, there's a graphic novel of it, and they're like leagues away. So it's oh got to keep. God. on I never saw it. you turn around like this yeah. before. You I'm were, tempted to, to watch. I'm tempted to read the graphic novel, but uh, you were all the way over here, and you traveled all the way over here in a short amount of time. You would recommend that to everybody <laughs> that watches it, later. I said it's good. I uh, yeah, it was surprising because it's a cartoon, not you know, no beef with cartoons. But, um, yeah, it was surprising but, okay. uh, and refreshing. Okay. Go check it out. Uh, I mean, there's a heavy button there. But anyway, we're going to move on. Okay. I don't know what happened to you, but Amazon, they want to play ball. <laughs> they uh, they spend a lot of money on content. Well, here's wh here's one way to get a quick boatload. You spend $9 billion, you get just, just go get MGM. MGM's got a bunch of different assets, including the likes of, oh, I'll, I'll just read a few to you, James Bond. No. Oh. Uh, Hobbit, Rocky, Creed, RoboCop, Pink Panther, Silence of the Lambs, Stargate, uh, Handmaid's Tale. Here's one for you, Will. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Perfect. I know you need something like that. Yeah, Amazon Media spent $11 billion on TV shows, movies, and music for Prime Services in 2020. That was up 40% from the year prior. So they got to go out and make it on their own. And all of a sudden, MGM's for sale. They're like, all right, we can pick that up for $9 billion, throw everything on Prime, and uh, keep people visiting Amazon, watching content, and buying paper towels exactly. forever for the rest of their lives and watching James Bond, apparently. You wonder if they could work a deal if they own MGM, the production company. They could easily do what HBO Max has been doing with Warner Brothers. Yeah, with the exclusive movie releases. They could just drop James Bond at the same time on Amazon and everybody all of a sudden immediately is talking about Amazon Prime Video as a destination. For sure. Saying the word Amazon. So, anyway, it's just in discussions right now. We got to see what happens. Chinese retailer has beat out Amazon as the most popular shopping app in the United States. What? You wanted me to say the word usurps. I'm not going to yeah. do it. I may have just done it. Yeah. I wasn't going to do it without being forced like you just did by highlighting it. I haven't seen that word in a while. Yeah. I know. I tried to avoid it. This is a an app, a site called, I'm going to say, I think it's Shein. I huh. think that's what it is. And this, okay, first of all, it's important to know, you get a headline like that. You're like, what, how can this thing be bigger than Amazon? I don't even know about it. It's not necessarily bigger than Amazon. It just, they beat it on the download charts recently, okay. which never happens. Yeah. And 
I get it. Everybody already has the Amazon app installed. So you're like, it's definitely not bigger. Okay, fine. But it's picking up steam because Amazon is no longer the top shopping app in the U.S. Chinese retailer Xi'an has taken the top spot in the country on both Android and iOS. This, uh, this app is topping the charts across multiple nations. Now, apparently, this company controls the supply down to the sales. They, they can run all kinds of crazy promos because they make the product, they list the product, promote the product, they shoot the images with the models. It's like a whole culture. It's a whole thing. So this is mainly for clothing. Correct. Okay. Clothing, shoes, bags, jewelry, accessories, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it looks like there's some types of different promos. Xi'an X introducing our May designer lineup. Get the details. Dude, I don't know. I don't know. People are buying this stuff. Or are they? Are they just I don't know what's going on. I'm sure somebody has heard of it. This is obviously, we're not the target market for such a thing. It took the top spot as the U.S. most installed shopping app on May 11th. It continues to hold that position at the time of writing this uh, article on Android Authority. Globally, it sits as, at the top of at least 14 nations' app charts. 17th most popular app overall in the United States. Mm. Um, I guess check it out. I don't know. Oh, you want to buy pet stuff? Oh, you got stuff. my attention with the pets. You're going to buy pet stuff over there? Sure. I think it's about the deals, Will. The don't, deals. Don't you? I think, yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a price point thing where it's really affordable. Mm-hmm. You, like, look at the price you're seeing right there in Canadian dollars. This is like a $4 item over there. And the quality is consistent? Oh, I don't know anything about the quality. You can't ask me. I didn't buy any of this. I guess overall, because they control everything, right? That's the word. Right. All the margin goes to them, so so there's savings to be passed on what to you. This? Oh, I think it's a toy. Yeah, they chew yeah. on it. Oh, cool. But it's five bucks. Yeah, very cheap. It's kind of wild, actually, how cheap is that shirt over there? Is three bucks? The Daisy Print Pet Shirt. How's it three bucks? Look at that. How can they give you that for three bucks? I don't even understand. Can you go to the to the clothing? Just go to like. You can go to men so we don't feel like a bunch of weirdos. Go to men. Uh, At the top, very top. There you go. What's going on here? Up to 80% off. Okay, shop. Talk about 80% off. So how much for the flower shirt? 18 bucks. 18 bucks for the flower shirt. And you okay. get, and I earn... You're not impressed by that price. It has six reviews. No, I think, I uh, know. you know, something more basic. If it's like 18 bucks, well, I'll you're, give it a shot. You're going to find things over here, dude. You're going to find things. Is this a Z or an N? Uh, it's a Z. Here. It's like a flipped New Balance logo. <laughs> <laughs> How much for the short shorts? 18 bucks. So, I mean, that's not bad. I actually got a story about short shorts that we have to get to. But oh. anyway, I don't know. This is the hottest app. What can I tell you? I, I don't know. Um, before we get to the short shorts, how about this? This is a really friendly looking fish that I know. I feel like you got to see it. Well, maybe you've heard of it. It's called the angler fish. You ever seen this before? Oh, yeah. It's like the deep sea. How crazy nightmare. is this fish, man? Now, a 
apparently they very rarely would capture one washed up in intact like this. Because it's so, they live in like the deep ocean. 3,000 feet. Yeah. You just don't see it. And they got this one. This might have to go to the museum or something because of how well preserved it is mm. on the beach. They don't know how it got there. Now, what's special about this fish is the thing that's on its head. Now, maybe since you're familiar, you can explain it, Will. Uh, from what I heard from National Geographic, this uh, it acts like a lure. It kind of lights up. Willie, do. For fish to... Uh, Easy with the confidence, curious. though. <laughs> Just barreling in there. Um, yeah, and then uh, it's right in front of their face. So if a fish gets close, they can just eat it. Angler fish, so it's an angler. Sure, It yeah. goes fishing. It's a light. It lights up that little part on the head to lure the fish to its uh, absolutely terrifying mouth. Actually, I saw this in uh, Finding Nemo. <laughs> That's how I heard about it. Made famous in Finding Nemo yeah. all the way back in 2004. I think it's referenced actually in this article. Yeah, they live uh, 3,000 feet down. Unbelievable stuff. Anyway, they found a perfectly preserved one if you want to catch a look at this terrifying creature. If this thing, if this thing existed on land, if, oh. the, if this thing with legs was just at night, it could just scurry past you. Oh. Like it's just the wildlife in your yard. Oh, I'm dead. Ooh, I'm ooh, dead, ooh, ooh. It's amazing. They're so deep in the ocean, you don't worry about it. But uh -huh. what a wild! It lures you in with the light. All of a sudden, the light, and you're hypnotized, and you can't get away. You're like, I go towards the light. I go. Otis is telling me to go back. I yeah. Mean, no. This is too good. The light is too good. It attracts you. All right. Here's the next one, Will. I'm going to need you to do a fast scroll and a stop. Fast scroll and stop. I'll tell you when. Stop. No, up, 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 up. And freeze. No Photoshop involved. What do you see? It's a little girl playing with something. Okay, go but ahead. She's also stuck in the ground on the pavement. No Photoshop involved. Like half her body is <laughs> gone. So this went. Sort of viral, I guess. It was originally on Reddit, and then it went to Twitter. And it's one of those circumstances where it's like, when you see it, mm. when you see it, and mm. then you stare at it, and you're like, do I see it? What do I see? And then you do see it, and you realize what's going on. Do you see it? But first, well, you saw it. Yeah, I've seen, I, oh, know, okay. I see it. For a split second, you, uh, anybody would see what you saw, which mm. is it, it actually looks like a girl that is embedded inside the sidewalk with only the top half of her body above it. That, you, that doesn't even make any sense. It looks like, it not only does it look like a Photoshop, it looks like a terrible Photoshop. Uh -huh. Like just cut and paste type thing. But it's actually a real image okay. that just so happened to turn out this way. Do you want to take a guess at what you're looking at? Uh, honestly, I do not know what's going on here. Oh, oh it, I seriously don't know. It's, uh, I see a shadow here. Okay. Uh, does she have a tail? <laughs> <laughs> uh, There's no tails involved. I don't know where her legs could be. Yeah. So her elbow, if you look at her elbow, it's actually resting on that wall. That's a wall. Oh, Okay, yeah, I see. It. Yeah, so yeah. that's why that shadow is cast there, and it's allowing her to hold on to whatever it is that she's looking at. Uh. But the wall, the top portion of the wall is the exact same color and very similar pattern to the walkway itself, so it 
tricks your brain into somehow not seeing it, but it is there, huh. creating cool. a, a very interesting moment. It's That happens rarely in life. You pull out your camera to take a photo, and you're, whoa, mm-hmm. that's a, a weird-looking thing. That's what happened here. Or maybe they noticed after the fact. Uh, mm-hmm. The internet has been baffled yeah. by this photo of a girl stuck in the sidewalk. It's good that it's solved, though, right? Imagine if it wasn't solved. That would really bother you? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. completionist in me. I hear you. All right, this is the story I promised after we were examining uh, those fashions, those those cheap fashions on the hot new shopping app, Shein. Uh, that brings me to today's story. The hottest trend, Will, I don't know if you knew this, is short, very short shorts on on for males. Ugh. And it's about your thighs getting out there is what it's about. Hmm. Uh, I can tell from your expression you're a little bit skeptical, but let me just explain to you. This is Milo Ventimiglia, and he is from This Is Us. I guess it's a that's a TV show, I think, right? Anyway, he is obviously cooler than you are. Do <laughs> you disagree? Will disagree? No, I, I probably. Well, I'm just saying because he has the confidence to pull this off right here. That's what they would have you yeah, believe. Yeah, he's bold. That's what they would have yeah. you believe. Now, he's on his way from the gym, so I guess maybe he was wearing that in there. Uh-huh. Recently shorts with an inside leg shorter than 7 to 9 inches or 18 centimeters to 23 centimeters considered only for shameless and socially unaware. But now it's the hot new trend uh, declared summer 2021 thigh guy summer skies out thighs out uh, it's going is viral there, is there a utility to it maybe some more breathability or I, the one the one tan? the one I think you should get is actually if you scroll down to the next one Uh-oh. this is the one I think you should get right there the gene one <laughs> <laughs> You imagine showing up in such a thing? Wow, that looks so uncomfortable. Anyway, I don't know, man. It's just it's what's going on right now. Now, if you scroll a little bit further, you will see. Uh, well, first you're going to see a very fashion centric version of it. What gets me about this image? That's a look from Dior's spring collection. Is that he's got the comprehensive up top mm. combined with the short short. So he's got a jacket and a shirt and a bag, and then it's all and then it's a lot of legs going on. Yeah. So that's an interesting mix. But if you go a little lower to the next one, you'll see. <laughs> Am I looking at like a horse's leg or something? <laughs> you will see the rock. Yeah. And the rock is also in on the trend. Here he is seen at the gym wearing maybe the shortest of the bunch there it's hard to even see them if it wasn't for that small section popping out on uh i guess that's his hip i don't know what that is uh then then you wouldn't even know that they were there if it wasn't for that but uh this is he has good reason obviously he's got a there's a lot of hard work that goes into all that sure and so he is he has to also, imagine putting those into shorts. 
Imagine putting those legs he into rips shorts. Them all. He ripped all of them. Those, they're they're pumped up right now because he's sweating and pushing and lifting and all that. So they're especially pumped up at that moment. Yeah. But still, what? That's a special pant or special short right there. It has to be super stretchy, the most stretchiest material. Right? Now, I feel like that thigh, and when I look at that thigh and my right-hand side, his left thigh, that's got to be the size of some people's waists. Yeah. When I look yeah. at that. Just one. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's crazy, man. So, this guy. anyway, I mean, that's his reason. He knows he's going to take the photo. He's got the chain, and so... So he puts the short shorts on so the people, you know, you can see what he's been up to. But as far as the remainder of them, like the strictly style bunch who aren't, who got a normal looking leg, then you wonder how much thigh is the right amount of thigh. Yeah. If I, there's no, no utility for it, uh, I don't know why. Well, you know, we know all days basketball shorts used to have, be really short in the NBA. Sure, yeah. And they start, then they went really long, and then they started to get short again. And then I think people kind of found the happy location for it. Mm. I would even say my shorts got shorter too. Like, I remember being in high school, and you would have long shorts. Yeah, over the knee. Or at least, at, yeah, yeah, over the knee. You know? You yeah. would have a long short on, which would kind of defeat the shortness of the short. And so the question is, where do you where do you want to put that short? Now I know you actually are wearing shorts today. Uh -huh. So where is your short ending at the moment? Uh, mine's just above the knee. Just above the knee. Yeah. So that's Willie Do's vote. He likes it just above the knee. But I don't know if he keeps seeing photos like this right here, like I'm looking at, he might be tempted to change that. Yeah. 